stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week from my dining room here in downtown Chicago, I'm joined by Zach's associate stock strategist, Maddie Johnson, to discuss our favorite topic, which is retail. And I might add, she is not in my dining room. We are socially distancing. She is in her apartment and I'm in mine. But through the magic of technology, we are still able to do our podcast on our favorite topic uh, because retail never stops, does it, Maddie? No, it does not. Even during it absolutely shutdowns. doesn't. No. <laughs> and I'm wondering if uh, you know 2020 isn't some kind of turning point for the whole retail story. We've talked many times about you know the brick and mortar is dead or is it not, and what's happening with the department stores and online shopping and all of that. But this whole coronavirus crisis, the shutdowns of the brick and mortar stores, everybody surging online to buy things online. Seems like this could be some kind of uh, reckoning or something for the retail industry, or maybe it's going to catapult them into this next decade in a new way that we couldn't even you know, fathom. I don't know. These are all these questions that are out there right now. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's been a lot of news with a lot of the retailers. I do have to say, I feel like they are, for the most part, keeping us up to date on like what is going on behind the scenes, <laughs> more so than even with their normal earnings reports. I mean, there's going to be some that are still kind of quiet, but like, for instance, PBH, I keep seeing their CEO. He's been on Mad Money, I think, with Jim Cramer. Um, he was just on CNBC again here in April talking about what he's seeing in their business. And for those who don't know, PBH, ticker PBH, they own Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein. So two big brands and it's global. They have tons of stores in China. So they have the China experience of being shut down and now reopening and what that's going to entail and um, now they're in Europe and here they've had shutdowns in both North American Europe, everywhere else they have stores are shut down. So he said some interesting stuff this week. He said, yes, they're seeing a surge in the digital sales as everybody is, but still digital sales are just 12 to 13% of their overall sales. Everything else is still in those brick and mortar stores. And he's, he wasn't acting like that was gonna change going forward here, even with the surge that's happening right now. He did say in China, business, the stores have reopened, business is improving, but slowly. Like So every week past uh, the reopen, the consumer starts to get a little bit more bold and will start to go out more. So they're seeing slow but incremental increases in the brick and mortar sales. Still seeing very strong digital sales though in China. So you can see like the consumer Still isn't totally trusting to go in the store. They will order it online, though, and have it delivered. But they're not quite there yet about, you know, rushing back in to the store. Right. So a few things come to mind for me. Um, retailers like, so wholesale retailers like PBH and G3, mall-based apparelers like uh, Abercrombie, American Eagle, Gap. Um, they were already facing 
severe su- uh, supply chain dis- like dis- disruption um, yeah. earlier this year when the coronavirus started to kind of play a bigger factor. Right. Um, East Asia, where they right or like Vietnam, Thailand, a lot of factories that made their their products had to be shut down too. Right. Yeah. So we were we kind of already like knew that you know there were some obstacles to to overcome with the retailers. Now that the the so and then a lot of the companies that I just named they're in malls and malls have been completely shut down. But also malls, uh, shopping malls have been struggling for two years now. So the the CEO's comments make me a little concerned because it their business model or like their their main like shopping access point has been on the decline for a long time now. So one would think that maybe this would be a catalyst to actually dramatically shift the way that consumers access their products. Yeah. So you're saying instead of having the 80 to 85% of their sales done in the brick and mortar, that they need to go to a new model where it's like 50% or something. Right. Yeah. I just, for me, like I, because I don't know when I'll be comfortable shopping in a mall or a brick and brick and mortar store again. I know Simon Property, like the biggest mall owner in the U.S., they're starting to reopen their locations on Friday, in specifically in Texas and Georgia, where the statewide lockdowns are beginning to lift. Mm-hmm. And yes, they'll they'll be doing deep cleaning every day. The, uh, the mall hours are being reduced. Um, you can get like, they'll be offering masks, but still it's just like, I don't, it's, I don't know. I just don't think that I would be comfortable doing that quite yet. Yeah. And that's what they're seeing. I feel in China and some of the, um, Americans who live in China and Beijing who have been posting to my, my Twitter feed, some pictures about what's going on. And they actually have been at like the malls and like walking by, where the apparel retailers are, they have said almost every week since the reopening, like no one's in here. <laughs> like all right. I see workers in there, nobody is bothering to venture in that they'll go to the Apple store and there's like lines have mm-hmm. at Apple, but you're not trying on like the clothes at Apple. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because at this point, I mean, I'm sure that the, the workers in the distribution facilities are very well protected, like masks, gloves, um, but there's still going to be like that off chance that because we, there's so much we don't know about the coronavirus yet and like how it's transmitted, um, that I don't want to try on any sweater. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I, interestingly, Chico's, which is ticker CHS, they do women's apparel, through the Chico's brand, White House Black Market, Soma, and then they have outlet brands for Chico's and White House Black Market. So they have pretty many like brands out there. They have 1,300 stores, and on April 27th, they released a business plan for reopening their North American stores. So they have 1,341 stores in the U.S. and Canada. So that's a lot. And they're yeah. mostly mall-based. And they said they feel, of course, this is their spin in the press release. They feel that that gives them an advantage over the department stores because people don't want to go into the department stores. It's like they're big. There's just that's too scary. But a small little Chico's 
in a mall doesn't seem, they believe, quite as scary, I guess. And then they they released a three-part plan about how they're going to reopen starting on May 4th. So their first uh, thing that they're going to do is that fulfillment of national orders are going to be done through the stores using store inventories Which once they reopen, which I thought was interesting and makes sense because the stores are just shut. No one can buy the stuff that's in there, and now it's all old. It's all the old stuff. They got to get it out of the stores and get new new merchandise in there. So kudos to all the retail employees going back to work who now literally have to restock the stores and sell sell the old merchandise as much as they can out of the stores. So they're going to be packing and shipping out of those stores. Then their second thing is that they're going to have buy online and then the curbside contactless pickup. So if you don't, if you still want to go that way and not just have it delivered to yourself, you can still curbside pick up. But I don't really, why not just have it delivered to yourself? Why do I want to drive there and pick it up? I don't know. Maybe some people will. Maybe. And, and maybe yeah. it's like if you, you're you really bored and you're like, I just got to get out of the house. So right. Right. sure, I'll, I'll drive the 10 minutes to the mall and get my Chico's pickup order or something. Yeah. And then their third point, which I thought this was interesting, is that they're going to have a new shop by appointment for all their brands, including the outlets. So I can make an appointment, get in my car and drive over there. And then presumably that's how they'll control the number of people in the store. So socially distanced because they're only going to allow like, you know, two appointments at a time at the same time in the store, plus the workers, obviously the employees. Um, so I might feel better knowing that it's controlled how many people are in there. I yeah. don't know. At least they're going to try that and see if that works. But they had um, on the digital side, they have digital for all their businesses. And that was up starting on March 15th, which is right around when the shutdown started through April 25th. Digital sales were up 16 percent versus the first six weeks of the quarter. But obviously, the in-store is down, so their their overall sales are, you know, getting hammered a bit there. But these kinds of companies, we don't know, like, what is going to happen. And also interesting, some of their active categories for those digital sales. Um, you won't be surprised by this. I don't think anyone will. But they said it was intimates. Okay. Sleep, <laughs> cozy, whatever that is, but it sounds good. Active and lounge. absolutely i mean those are what we're planning to shut down right i want all that i want sleep cozy active lounge and i guess intimates too but that's the soma brand right so i guess like i need some some new lingerie or something i don't know but we're all buying all that but plus maybe pajamas (laughs) maybe i need some (laughs) hang out in Um, yeah so their plan to to reopen stores reminds me a lot of Nordstrom's experimental store out in LA okay. um, that they announced like, two, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, where it was like, so it's, it was an inventory less store. So they had maybe sample sizes of whatever of like the current collection. You can make an appointment to shop. You can just drive up and pick up your order, like your online order. Um, you can get, you know, a manicure, there's also food and drinks so that doesn't really apply, but that type of, um, shop by appointment, um, type of method yeah. is, could be the way forward. If not 
for Chico's, but also for big department stores like Nordstrom. Okay. Yeah, those are going to be those are going to be interesting um, because I still like the idea of the experiences in the stores winning out in the end. But it's just a matter of what's going to happen until people feel comfortable having or can even have those experiences. Like, for instance, the Lululemon, you know, they opened up the the restaurant, the cafe in the store here in Chicago. And there's no doubt they were going to be rolling out that concept uh, probably worldwide eventually. But now it's got to be on hold a bit. And even like their in-store workouts, all that stuff is going to be on hold. But eventually Mm -hmm. that that model, I still think, will win out in the end of the experiences. Right. And just like just like what restaurants will likely have to do going forward, they're going to have to reduce the number of people in the store, um, you know, widen the distance between tables. um, And so with like a yoga class at Lululemon, um, instead of 15, it'll be eight people in the class and everyone will be six feet apart. Yeah. 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 We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. about some of these completely online type retailers? They don't even have the brick and mortar, so they're not shutting down stores. They should be doing pretty well here, but I was surprised kind of when I looked around, it's not that good. Maybe because the consumer is just in shock. A lot of people are laid off or furloughed. And so you don't, you know, you're not buying a lot of stuff right now because you're uncertain of your job situation. But I took mm-hmm. a look at um, the Real Real, which is ticker R E A L. And for those who don't remember, this is like luxury consignment. So if I have an old Gucci bag or something that I'm not using, I send it to them. They sell it on on the site. And um, they talked about on April 14th, they put out their prelim Q1. And they said gross merchandise volumes, once the Bay Area went on lockdown on March 17th, they were among the first, them in Seattle, to go on lockdown. Their um, GMV fell 40 to 45% year over year. And that that continued into April, those lower volumes. And then they did have limited warehouse operations, because you forget about this too, with the, the online, obviously they're shipping it from somewhere and you have to have employees in there. And, you know, that has been a little dicey during this whole coronavirus crisis part because people have been getting the virus in some of these warehouses and then they've had to have shutdowns and cleanings and things. So the real real, it's not it's not as great as I thought. They they furloughed 15 percent of their people. They have a hiring freeze. They were opening a Chicago store, which I didn't realize. (laughs) I have to find out where that's going to go. But that's been postponed now. And then they yeah. reduce they reduce executive salaries. They are doing virtual appointments right now. These shares are down pretty big, down 41% year to date, but they were down 70. So they have bounced off those lows. Um, but I don't know. That doesn't, I mean, maybe luxury consignment isn't the place to be right now with this kind of unemployment either. No, and there, I mean, they actually now they have quite a few competitors. Another one is it's called Rebag, which is just luxury consignment for luxury handbags. Okay. And I'm sure the same. They're dealing with very similar issues. The yeah. thing with the real real, I consigned a coat. Okay. Last year, 
and you have to send it in because there are probably multiple people inspecting it, making sure it's authentic, um, you know, checking the quality. So they, of course, don't want to be touching other people's things. No. Um, and yeah, they're seeing a huge impact. And then you have companies like Away, um, the suitcase, oh, yeah. the popular suitcase brand. Um, I'm sure Warby Parker and brands like Serena and Lily and um, those, the um, furniture brand Interior Defined, they have, I'm sure you've, um, I, there's this one section of Armitage here in Chicago that's like basically all direct to consumer brands. Yeah. Um, so who knows if any of those locations will open after after the crisis has, has abated a little bit. Um, but, but again, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, a lot of these brands have higher price points. So if the customer if the, or the U.S. consumer is in shock, they don't want to spend any money, they're unsure of their job prospects, they're not going to be spending $300 on a suitcase in a week, you know? Where they, they can't even go fly anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, that's really going to hammer. What do you think on that note, what do you think about Revolve Group? That's ticker RVLV because they're all online and but they're seemingly I feel like a higher price point too. They are a higher price point, but one thing that might work to their advantage is they have a lot of well they sell skincare. Okay. Um and they sell like loungewear too. Granted it's higher priced both categories, but they could be able to at least like balance maybe the lack of of tops like top sold yeah and then they could you know have like just bigger sales and face masks and and skincare and sweatpants yeah they withdrew their guidance on march 20th so that's that seems like forever ago now which it is yeah. it's over a month ago and we haven't heard anything yet from them and they they don't report until the end of May. But at the time, you know, the crisis was basically just kind of beginning. And so they said sales were up 20% in January and February until mid-March where they did, you know, decline, but they didn't even say how badly on March 20th. So we don't know, but they did talk about how they had to cancel all these Revolve events like the Revolve Festival. I don't know if that's a music festival or what that is. But they have these big events, and so that's really going to hit a company like them who use that for marketing, obviously. Yeah, well, they have a huge they're, or a huge partnership with Coachella, the music festival okay. out in California. Okay. Um, and all of like their influencers go to Coachella and then post Revolve-related product and content on their Instagram account. So that, that alone is going to be a huge loss of just marketing potential for them until later this year. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if the Revolve Festival itself is separate from Coachella, but I mean, they're a huge presence on, on shows, as we know, like the bachelor and the bachelorette. Yeah. And it, when everything is, you know, pushed back, Revolve definitely loses out on that, on that potential. Right. Good points. Now, what about home, type of goods. I know I'm sitting in my place week after week. Um, everybody's at home. We want, you know, some people who have backyards and whatnot are buying gardening, uh, you know, the, they're planting out there, which is awesome. And they're going to buy, you know, 
furniture, new furniture, but even just if you're stuck inside, you're looking around. I know paint is super popular right now. They can't keep it in stock at like Home Depot apparently, but even like furniture or whatnot, you're going to be like, oh, you know, I always hated that chair or that couch. (laughs) And, you know, maybe you will if you have your job and, you know, then things start to kind of reopen. Maybe you will be going on to like West Elm or Pottery Barn or I don't know, wherever else to order some new furniture. Yeah. I, um, like I was telling you earlier, I just moved into a new apartment. So that desire to buy um, a huge amount of home decor items is is very real with me right now. And I have uh, like I've just like splurged on a few things um for the new place but a lot of the stuff that i'm ordering from west elm is back ordered so you can just from that you can tell the demand is really high for like specific products and like i put a a utensil crock for like my kitchen to hold like spatulas and stuff in my cart the other day and it estimated delivery date was not until september wow so just like yeah. little things like that. And a lot of these brands like West Elm, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, Cost Plus World Market, they're all promoting their outdoor furniture, which I think is really smart right now. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, right now I'm looking for furniture for my balcony. And I know, just like you said, a lot of people are just wanting to, to just buy new things to spruce up a space that they're going to be spending a lot of time in. Right, for sure. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be as bad as what people think for these, like, kind of home goods type stores. But what about home goods? They're owned by um, TJ Maxx, right? TJX companies. Yeah. But they have no online business. So what's no. And would you be willing to go into one of those stores when they reopen? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Probably, like, home goods specifically... Um, just because they have such good stuff for your home, granted, you know, the name, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I would only feel comfortable going in if there's like a, a limit on the number of people in, okay, um, if those very, and I would be right. So I would want, like, I would be wearing my face mask. I'll be wearing gloves and just, but, but that's probably one of the few stores right now that I would be comfortable going into. So if Home Goods did appointments like Chico's is going to do, you would you would think that would be cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd be going. Okay. All right. You're like one of the best performers on the Home Good accessory area that's out there. I mean, they've had like some of the best comps for the last several years. So, and they have a lot of cooking stuff. So they I feel they like do. we'll surge in there. If it's sold out everywhere else that does online delivery, well, once those doors open, if I could get it like at Home Goods, I might surge over there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what do you think is going to happen to the malls here then? Like, I know a lot of them, some of them are outdoor malls, which I feel like that could at least attract people to go to the malls and just walk around <laughs> when the weather's nice because right. they are landscaped beautifully some of them i don't know if how long it'll be before like a farmer's market reopens and some of them have that but the indoor malls i don't know what's going to make you want to go there for a while yeah um it, i guess 
it just depends on on what procedures are kind of put in place. I mean, I think outdoor malls are, you know, you're kind of in the open air. You're not enclosed with a ton of other people. But it just depends on on what the owners and the operators do to kind of turn around an already declining way of shopping, you know? Right, right. So if, because right now it's, I mean, it's preferable to order a lot of things online, but in a way we, I do miss going to a store and shopping and there is something about a brick and mortar shopping experience um, that's appealing. And it's why a lot of online brands are starting to do it more and more. Right. But I mean, I, it just, they would, ha- it would ha- you know, it's like the, it's just making the shopper as comfortable as possible in the end. Now, what do you think about um, one side business that could maybe see um, a surge here, but I don't know, but Ollie's Bargain Outlet, they usually get a lot of inventory that other retailers are trying to get rid of. <laughs> so I don't know. Could they, I mean, they have just in stores, those are all shut down right now. So that's not good. And they haven't, since they reported fourth quarter on uh, March 19th. So right when the shutdowns were happening is when they reported, they haven't said anything else. There's been like no new business updates or anything. Um, the shares aren't cheap. They're trading at 36 times right here. So I don't know. I, I don't know if Ollie's is, is the way to go, or if it's not going to be like a TJX that is going to get, um, you know, a lot of the apparel merchandise that the other retailers are trying to get rid of that, you know, they might be able to get at like uh, TJ Maxx or Marshall's. Yeah. Like the discount model is going to be really interesting to look at because we're going forward since so many stores are just trying to get rid of like, the spring merchandise at this point because they have summer and fall and winter on back order waiting to come into the stores, but there's just no room for it. So, but, but then you have to ask like when that outdated spring merchandise gets to a discount store, are even people even going to want it come August when maybe we can actually go back. So it's just, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know. Okay, I'm staying away from some of those discounter ones for whatever reason. I don't know, because it's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. What about The Gap? They've been vocally in the news, ticker GPS, about you know their financial situation, that they've stopped paying rent at a lot of the stores. They are trying to you know get liquidity here. They've canceled a lot of their um, merchandise orders over with their Asian manufacturers. Some some of it was summer and some was in the fall as well. But, um, you know, what do you, you, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Banana Republic myself personally. And I've been like a cardholder person, loyalty member person for a lot of years. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them I can order online at least they are you know servicing online yeah I uh I just ordered some new like yoga pants from Athleta okay um and they were like shipping was really good it got here on time I mean we know quality is really great bananas product like 
spring, early summer product is really good right now. So I think that is helping them, but the gap itself, um, they're, so in my opinion, their product has not been great for a really long time. Right. And I don't know about Gap Inc. It's such a storied brand. It's such an iconic brand, kind of all of them, you know, under the umbrella, Banana, Old Navy. They've been on the scene, so to speak, for such a long time that it's really sad watching, um, I don't want to say demise, but you can you can kind of tell that things are going downhill and I don't, I don't know what will happen with that company because if, if, if their product wasn't good enough to get people into the stores before this, right. What, like, what does that say for the afterwards? Yeah. Gap was already closing stores heading into this. I've seen this and I've warned people many times on Twitter about the retailers. Um, If you had a bad holiday season, like there were some that had bad holiday season, then you are in serious trouble now because that holiday season was with the lowest unemployment in like 50 years. People were feeling good. The consumer confidence was super high. Um, You know, everything was, the stock market was at records. Like you couldn't get better environment than what we just had for that holiday season. And, and still some did negative comps, like they can't even jump up. So those are the ones stay away. If you're an investor, don't even go to those like, no, because that now they're, everybody's in trouble because of the shutdowns. And no one knows what the consumer is going to do. And there's a lot of people without work now. So only the strong are going to rise up here. Not not the ones who still couldn't figure it out during the good times. Right. right. And also with gas, a lot of, I mean, Chicago itself has a has a ton of gas and banana store locations. Yeah. So like just on Michigan Avenue, alone there were like three banana republic locations yeah Yeah. does there need to be three no (laughs) there could probably really only needs to be one and rents are very high or they used to be really high in michigan avenue so kind of like the the return on investment right that these retailers are going to have to weigh like is it worth for us is it worth for for us to have a presence on on michigan avenue or do we save money and, and leave right i don't know yeah yeah, there's a lot. 2020 is going to be interesting in the retail industry. We're going to keep covering it, I'm sure, on the podcast because it's what we do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be a lot of shakeouts. Uh, some are not going to make it, uh, but that that already was happening. And then we are going to see changes in the business model, maybe a lot for the good uh, going forward here. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, Let me recap the tickers that we talked about, too, for anybody interested in checking these out. The companies we talked about was PVH, which is just PVH. Chico's is CHS. The Real Real is Real, R-E-A-L. Revolve Group is R-V-L-V. I mentioned Lululemon. We talked a little bit about them and their restaurant. Lulu, L-U-L-U. I do own them in my portfolio. Gap is GPS and Ollie's bargain is OLLI. We did mention uh, TJX companies with home goods. Uh, TJ, 
X is the ticker there. So yeah. And, this, al and also we talked about Westam and Pottery Barns. Oh yeah. To know more, right? So WSM. Yes. Thank you. That's always vital. Um, yeah, the furniture side, that'll be interesting. We'll have to see how that goes with the home goods side, because uh, that's one area that I feel like can do really well here going forward. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as always, you can subscribe to get all of our podcasts because we're still doing them here from the lockdown. Uh, but you can get them on Apple Podcasts. You can get them on Spotify. And we are on SoundCloud, where you'll also get two for one. You'll get the Value Investor Podcast plus the Zach's Market Edge. But be sure to get us somewhere so you don't miss a single episode. I get tired of you tweeting at me, where's the episode, Tracy? Well, if you subscribed, you would get it. So subscribe so you don't miss any. And I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.